Hello, my friend. You are listening to a brand new episode of Tide Pod, and today I'm going to talk to you about something that has come up because y'all know I always kind of have my ear to the ground. I'm always in community and in dialogue with CEOs, their team members, really just making sure that we have a good pulse on some of the most common challenges. And one topic that keeps coming up in some version or another is this underlying frustration with feeling like every single decision, every single idea, every single moment of innovation and creativity totally relies on them as the CEO. And so in that spirit, I was inspired today to talk to you about how being the only thought leader in your company may actually be stifling its growth. Ooh, yes. So we're going to get into exactly what it is to be a thought leader in your company, how we can encourage that kind of thought leader tendency in all of our team members, and some practices that you can put into action immediately following this episode. So go ahead and get cozy because we are about to dive in. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIPOD. Today's episode is brought to you by ClickUp. Now look, there are a lot of project management systems out there, and this is a question that I get pretty much on a weekly basis. Which system should I choose? Now, you know my belief, your system is highly dependent on how you work and how your team works best. However, I am not shy about sharing my favorite of the bunch. It's ClickUp. When it comes to daily team management, I have personally found that ClickUp provides everything you need. My team uses ClickUp for just task management, to house our headquarter resources, and for ongoing communication. My favorite part, with the unlimited version, you get access to the dashboards, which has totally replaced Slack for us, and I am a streamlined systems type of woman. I highly recommend it if you have a team, and guess what? It couldn't be easier or better. You can go to tianatai.com slash clickup and get 50% off of your very first year. I'm telling you, 50% off. Just head to www.tianatai.com slash clickup to snag that today. Okay, so to really get into this, we should probably first just make sure we're on the same page around what we're talking about when we talk about a thought leader. Now, I really liked this um, super old, actually, Forbes definition, which is a thought leader is someone who looks at the feature and sets a course for it. Here's the key point that others will follow okay and so that others will follow is the major differentiator here the major distinction here because thought leaders are typically considered you know those informed key opinion leaders and the go-to people in a specific field of expertise and many 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 entrepreneurs most of my clients themselves can really identify with this title this distinction this honor of being referred to as a thought leader because the majority of these companies were 
were started off of a personal brand, right? So it's not necessarily a prerequisite and I'm not getting into like the whole business coach side of things, but I did just want to throw out there that nine times out of 10, particularly if the company was started or, um, has a core content marketing strategy based off of personal branding, then we as CEOs are also kind of seen as thought leaders and as the go-to experts in whatever product service experience that we are providing for our customer and client base. Now, because of that, it can be extra, extra tricky to kind of take ourselves out of this positioning of being the one, the only thought leader in our companies, right? Because when we start these companies and they're really based off of our zone of genius, our expertise, where we shine, it's only natural, like it's, it only naturally follows that we are still considered that number one thought leader, even once we've built out this structure, this team, uh, these different levels of support, whether you have like the hierarchy going and you have a leadership team, whether they're a director level, manager level, what have you. Still to date, most people, particularly in the earlier years of business, still find themselves in that position of kind of being that main contributor of ideas, of creativity, of innovation. And while that definitely served to start the business, I've noticed that it can get kind of frustrating really quickly, right? Especially when we get into that conversation of, you know, well, I wanted to hire, I wanted to build this team so that it doesn't it no longer feels like everything rests on my shoulders and as CEOs one of the biggest things that rests on our shoulders particularly in this online space is having that creativity is having that innovation not only to come up with you know awesome marketing but also you know different business ideas and different avenues that we can go down and so I did want to talk about just a little bit how this idea this concept of being a thought leader can truly translate if your company has been based off of something like a personal brand, even if it wasn't technically based off a of personal brand, if you're still here with us, this clearly resonates. So listen on, because I do want to talk about how we can establish kind of the spirit of thought leadership across our teams with our people. So in that spirit, I've got a few tips, a few guidelines, if you will, that you can definitely follow. And the hope, the intention behind this is that if you are implementing these things in your company, we are slowly but surely generating a company-wide culture that really supports this idea of having more of the thought leader mentality. Now, I want to be clear. I'm saying this kind of in abstract, in the spirit of being a thought leader. I'm not necessarily saying that every single person on your team needs to be, you know, heralded by Forbes as the thought leader in X, Y, and Z. That's not realistic. Otherwise, we would all be thought leaders. But the spirit of it, the spirit of being able to approach a topic and really set the future direction for something. That is really, really related to this like underlying ownership mentality, which of course we do want to promote in our overall company culture. So let's get into four little ways, four little things that you can start to really focus on today. Alrighty, so number one is, look, you know, I got to take you back to the basics, back to the foundation, my friend. We are, of course, talking about hiring all A players, okay? Now, first things first, I understand it can be a lot more, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's a lot easier said than done, Tiana. But at the same time, it is absolutely your number one priority, particularly if 
um, a culture of autonomy and thought leadership and ownership is really, really crucial to the success of your company, which let's not tell lies. Who is that not crucial for, right? We need to be able to trust in our teams to make the right decisions. And of course, if we don't look at our team members as A players, if we don't look at our team members as just like these shining stars who are really operating in their own zone of genius, then we don't have full confidence in them and in their ability to be successful without us, right? That's why in our hiring process, like you've heard me say, well, you've heard other people say, really, hire slow, fire fast. Absolutely, kind of, sort of. Like I say everything with a grain of salt. Hire slow, onboard even slower, fire fast, in parentheses, within reason. Um, and this is going to definitely hold true here. From my perspective, when it comes to finding those real needles in the haystack, the real, you know, rose that grew from concrete, the real diamond in the rough, we have to do a couple of things. We have to make sure we allow enough time for qualified talent to apply. That's probably the biggest mistake that I see in hiring is it does tend to be done in a rush and that just doesn't give enough time for that, you know, that diamond in the rough to even see the opportunity and learn about it. We also want to make sure that the hiring process is challenging enough. The barrier to entry for your company should not be too low. And last but not least is not making that decision based off of only gut intuition. We also want to make sure that we have collected some objective data around this person's A-playerness, right? Around how effectively they really do operate in their zone of genius and use that information to make our decision. Now, y'all know I will shout from the rooftops if you need a strategic hiring process. Spoiler alert, everyone does. The absolute best place to get that is our course, our program, Dream Hire Bootcamp, with the corresponding Dream Team Toolkit. It's like PB&J. It's the perfect complement. That will absolutely help you go through the hiring process A to Z in a very systematic way that not only honors your intuition, but also leverages real hiring data. All right. So the second area that I really want you to set your sights on is absolutely destroying this check the box mentality. So when I say check the box, another phrase that I hear thrown around quite often is like this task rabbit mentality of, again, really just treating our team members like they are task rabbits. So what that tends to look like is, you know, a team member comes in for work every day. And they're signing into the project management system. They're seeing a laundry list of to-do tasks, and they are essentially just working through that list day after day after day. Now, what's wrong with that? On the surface, not much. They're doing a job. They're getting compensated for it. It's a copacetic picture. However, what's actually happening is they're being trained to come in and expect a like fully organized breakdown of every single little thing that needs to be accomplished rather than needing to generate some of those problem solving uh, capabilities and even problem identifying capabilities themselves, right? So we really want all of our team members to be asking themselves like three key questions every single day. Is this efficient? Is the way that I'm handling this process, this project really efficient? Is there a better or more cost effective way for me to do this? Am I being intentional with my time? 
right? So every time that someone is approaching work, those questions should be going through their head. But take it back to the beginning here. How is the work even being generated? Are we involving our team members in the process of identifying how they should be spending their time? Because that is the number one way that we can start the process of killing that check the box mentality. Okay, last but not least, something I I need you to try to do your best to put into action piece by piece is slowly but surely relinquishing some of that control, my friend, so that you can truly prioritize autonomy. Now, this one is like the underlying current that makes everything we just talked about possible. Because of course, you know, how can our team members be involved in generating ideas around what needs to be done if we're not able and willing to relinquish some control and allow for their own insight and input. So the formula for this is actually quite easy. It's not actually a technical formula, but it's a cool way to think about it. We want to give our team a say and we want to make sure they're actually being heard. And as a consequence, there's going to be improved communication, quick decision making, and a lot of times really creative ideas coming to fruition. But I want to highlight something and challenge you on it. Making sure a team has a say is not only just a feel-good thing that I'm sharing with you, this is something that you actually have to build into the daily operations of your company. Where do team members contribute ideas? What space are we giving them? What time are we allowing for them to speak up during team meetings, right? Are we asking questions or do we get on team meetings only giving them that laundry list and making sure they have an understanding of, you know, step by step, this is all the things that I want you to do, right? Like, Do they truly have a say? And then part two of that equation is, is that say being heard? And I have to have to highlight this because nine times out of 10, we make this mistake, and I don't think it's intentional most of the time, of accidentally regarding uh, some of the contributions almost as background noise, right? I get it. We have so much going on in our heads, so much strategy and creativity and all of these things running through our own brains that sometimes when others are contributing ideas and whatnot, it can kind of compute as background noise to us and we can just listen to it, take it in, but then disregard it without ever referencing it again. And that is really, really harmful whenever we are trying to cultivate the spirit of thought leadership amongst our teams. So again, just to recap, We want to have a say, plus make sure that that say is being heard, and that will equal improved communication, quick decision making, and some really creative ideas, which all wrapped up together in a beautiful bow, really encourage that culture, that feeling, that spirit of thought leadership of your team members, really owning a zone of genius, being encouraged to speak on that zone of genius, and um, having the path with internally, of course, internally within your own company to share ideas that will really set the future direction of the way that you are approaching whatever piece of work they are involved in. Okay, my friends, so that's what we've got going for you today. I know that, you know, concepts like really encouraging cultures of thought leadership can feel very high up, very lofty, very unattainable. But just remember, there are always really practical ways that we can approach this work to make sure that we are building company cultures, building spaces, building communities that people are encouraged and proud and really feel empowered by. Like, that is the power that we have as CEOs. That is my most 
favorite part about being a business owner. And I hope that this episode gave you a little bit of clarity, a little bit of insight onto how you can accomplish the same thing in your own company. So here's your daily reminder to go out and continue building a company culture that you can be proud of. See you on the next episode. Thank you.